interrupt our Christmas Eve carol service to bring you an important announcement. The world will end at 12 o'clock tonight. Welcome to the Goodies Pirate Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Rob. I'm Richard. And I'm Tom. And this is episode 63, where we are very pleased to be talking about Earthanasia, sometimes also known as the end of the world show or the end of the world, but I think now commonly, almost universally known as Earthanasia. First broadcast, just before Christmas in fact, on the 22nd of December 1977, unusually on a Thursday at 9pm. Now, gentlemen, before we get into this, let me put something to you. Picking a favourite episode of The Goodies is obviously a very subjective thing and everybody has their own personal thoughts. Objectively, though, is there a very good case that this is the best episode of The Goodies? It's my personal favourite out of the whole series. This is my personal second favourite after a few weeks ago when we had Scout Rages. And, and I'd actually say if it's not the best episode of the entire series, it's pretty damn close. Mm. I think objectively, if you look at the performance, if you look at the writing, if you look at the cohesiveness of the whole thing, you would have to go very, very far to find a better episode than this. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think, as you said, Rob, the performances kind of give you the best of each goodie. The script kind of gives you the best of what they're writing. It is a very cohesive piece of television. We have got a lot to talk about, though. Yeah. We'll start, though, by talking about the filming. Now, the urban legend when I was talking about the goodies many years ago was that this was recorded essentially as live. That's not quite true, is it? It was recorded in sequence. There are a couple of breaks during it, the most obvious one being where Bill goes off to have a shave. It was done in sequence because I think it was Bob Spies made the point afterwards that the first thing being once they'd knocked the hole in the wall, they were really committed to keeping going with the episode because that would take a long time to redress the set. And obviously, once Bill has no beard, you're then really locked into the second half. There is apparently a story partway through his shave. They came running in and saying, oh, no, don't stop, stop. I need to do a retake. Tim apparently believes he was actually dressed up in a fake beard and pushed back out onto the set. But I don't think if it was filmed, it certainly doesn't appear to have been used. The the section appears to be, if you look at the bit where Bill's knocking the hole in the wall for the chimney, there's boom mics in shot two or three times during that, so I expect that might be where they had the problem, perhaps. And given we can see the boom mics, they presumably did use the original take. Yes, I guess so. All right, we'll dive into the episode then. It starts off by setting the stage that this is clearly Christmas. We have Christmas tree, the carols in the background. Graham doing his fancy paper tearing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's just a lovely, simple little gag that's very Graham, but just sets off the episode. And indeed, the fairy with the lift-up skirt. Yes. <laughs> it's very 1977, isn't it? <laughs> Bill then rides in on his skateboard. Graham asks who gave it to him, who would be irresponsible enough to give it to him, to which Bill says, me. And Graham points out that he gave himself a skateboard destruction kit. As his present to himself. <laughs> and that's a really good sketch. Again, just as the escalation goes through, the hammer, the gun, the explosion. <laughs> but goodwill to all men. Now, at this point, the BBC interrupts to make an important announcement. The world leaders have decided that there's no point in going on. So at midnight tonight, the world will be ending. And BBC Radio will be covering the event. (laughs) We trust this is not sport or enjoyment of the carol service. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have to admit, overthinking this one a little bit, 
it did amuse me to think that there would be some people in the UK and certainly the rest of Europe and Western Asia who presumably just went to bed some hours ago and just get blown up in the middle of the night <laughs> having no idea what's going on, as opposed to people in, say, Australia who would be sitting down to Christmas lunch at about the time this is happening and just have the, about half an hour to get through lunch before everything blows up. So it's blowing up at midnight Greenwich time. This leads to a little bit of introspection. It leads to Graham ringing the insurance company to see if he can claim. I find your insurance jolly interesting. <laughs> and he and Bill making some comments about how they could spend the last half hour of their life. Now, Tom, beforehand we were making a point that this is actually done in real time. That's right. So everything is, it's 28 minutes to go at the start of the episode and things were counting down for that. And so... Graham and Bill are going to embark on a 25-minute odyssey and do everything that they can possibly do. Get it? Odyssey? <laughs> <laughs> yes, all the things that they need to do. Well, they go Doris Newbold. I've done all my Eddie Waring impersonations. That's yes, well, Graham, of course, makes the point he's not a creature of the flesh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. like, like Bill, he's a loony scientist. He's done it all. Giant kittens, giant cods, Eddie Waring impressions. impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Bill, as you say, is more interested in pleasures of the flesh. Yes, he's no, going out to have an orgy of sex and violence. <laughs> That's right. But you've had girls. Not enough. Yes. <laughs> they sit down and do a bit of planning. Bill's attempt to spend his last 25 minutes, he wants to bang in a hat trick at Wembley. <laughs> he wants to lick the chocolate off two dozen Mars bars. Pleasure the entire female contingent of New Edition. Sit in on a reunion concert of the Beatles. No James Fonda, the Three Degrees and Ivy Benson's trumpet section. Hold hands with Doris Newbold. He's done everything else with Doris Newbold, but he never held hands with her. At this point, though, they interrupt him because Tim comes home from selling his nuts. Because <laughs> after all, Tim's nuts are nicest. Having come in with a sign that says the end of the world is nigh. <laughs> and they have to explain to Tim that the world is ending. Mm. Well, first they decide they can't really tell him. Look at him, he's so happy. Sadly, he still believes in Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Bill's not having that. He needs to, you know, man up. I love the way they finally convinced him as well when they said, look at the radio times. See, up until Christmas, there's coverage. They're nothing. D-E-D-D. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> yes. Oh, you want a chimney? All right, tiny Tim. A chimney you shall have. <laughs> It is the classic end of series, just destroy the set stuff, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yes, and Tim, of course, hears the sleigh bells. You won't hear them because you don't believe. <laughs> my life, my life. Oh, you've gone Jewish now. <laughs> yes, well, Tim's reaction is, of course, yes, when he discovers the world's about to end, is to go nuts and do his I'm a teapot routine. Yeah. <laughs> but once he settles down, they decide they're going to have Christmas. Well, he's more interested initially in the laundry. What about the laundry? I've got eight shirts in there. <laughs> I must have my shoes! I must die in my shiny shoes! <laughs> Once Tim has come down, they decide they're going to have Christmas. So initially they decide to bring it forward to 11.42, then 11.43, then they miss it again and have it at 11.44. But they then have an argument about whether Bill goes out first and then has to come home for Christmas, or they do Christmas and then Bill can go out. But then they decide after a lot of arguments and various missings of Christmas and birthdays, at 11.56 it will be Christmas, 1980. For the transporters out there, it's actually interesting that this is the very first time I think that they've actually put a date 
to any of the episodes. I think they mentioned 1977 at one point. Yes, they do. Tim's birthday is actually in July. (laughs) (laughs) Not just before Christmas. No, not just before Christmas. Technically before Christmas. Yes. (laughs) Well, if if we're going to pick plot holes, how do they know to print the radio time differently? They just decided the world's going to end as well. (laughs) Still funny joke, though. Now, of course, Tim then decides this is a time for introspection. Is there a heaven? Is there a hell? I wish to be shriven. I must confess my sins. <laughs> Which leads into the lovely little bit about them sitting down and thinking about their sins, where Tim is sitting there silently with a look, and Graham's just slowly building up, smiling, giggling, <laughs> laughing. <laughs> we then get a wonderful scene where they dim the lights, for these are deeds of darkness, where Tim confesses his sins to Father William. <laughs> Sin number one being that he left the turkey out of the oven. Sin number two being that he tucks his shirts into his underpants. <laughs> and then sin number three being that there are bubbles that come up between his knees and the bathtub. <laughs> At some point, Bill gets so frustrated with Tim that he decides he's going to murder him, to which Graham points out, you'll get life imprisonment. 12 minutes, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> And then Graham decides he resents the fact that Bill's the only one having any fun. <laughs> this isn't fun. Oh, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> In some ways, this is just a series of sequences, but we then go into the sequence where Graham decides to cure Tim of his inhibitions. In fact, he's going to devote the rest of his <laughs> life to it. <laughs> well, there's aversion therapy, uh, but I've been put off that. <laughs> 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 and you also get the bit with the hypnosis where he goes through various different attempts to hypnotise him and then just waves his hands at him and he's under. <laughs> After hypnotising himself. Yes. 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 Now, Tim's inhibitions are then finally revealed to be about his belly button. Mm. <laughs> After peeling back the layers of his waistcoat, they discover he wears an A-string. What's an A-string? It's like a G-string, just slightly higher. <laughs> but if you notice, it's not actually covering his navel. <laughs> Wardrobe malfunction slightly. And, and can I say, I remember as a kid having absolutely no idea what a G string or an A string was, but just finding the prop he was wearing extremely hilarious <laughs> without any knowledge whatsoever. Then they decide that they can overcome their inhibitions about their bodies through touch therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tim, I want you to reach out and touch Bill. <laughs> now, Bill. I want you to touch Tim. (laughs) (laughs) You just hear this right screech. And it's wonderful because it's cut from sort of about chest height upwards. You have no idea what Bill's doing until Tim just screams. And the audience goes absolutely wild. It's very, very well filmed, that bit. (laughs) And the look that Bill Oddie gives them, I don't know if that was meant to be in it because he looks like he's looking at the audience and giving them a how funny was that look. But they just keep it in So, having hypnotised Tim, they decide to revert him back 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, with various little musical gags in there. I don't think it quite rests with Tim Brickhaler's actual age. No, well, they make out, I think, that he's about 50, you count back through the mm. years. And then, of course, out comes Bill as <laughs> Tim's mother. When <laughs> you going to get a real job down t- pit? <laughs> And I do love all that stuff about how, you know, none of this Brooke hyphen Taylor nonsense. (laughs) He wants to be a hair artiste. He got an A in needlework. I have to say, at this point, and I don't know how much this is memories from watching this as a kid, 
or, or it is accurate now, but I thought it got a little bit dark there, the whole stuff about Tim and his mother. I just thought there was something just a little bit over the top about that part. Certainly as a kid, I found that a little bit weird. It was strange. It's actually building absolutely mean for the sake that he can. Yeah, and, exactly. And, until he realises he's crossed the line. And he's actually really upset Tim. Yes. Yeah. Bill's not the sympathetic character at that point yeah. a, at all. Yeah, I think that, that's what I was getting at. You summarised it well there, Tom. So Bill, in shame, goes out the back somewhere. <laughs> yes. Tim reverts back because he's going to do the ironing. <laughs> Which, of course, leads into our next wonderful sequence where he wonders what's going to happen to Derby County and the Muppets. Yes. (laughs) Graham has to convince Tim that the Muppets aren't real, which leads into a wonderful sketch. Kermit the Frog is a man with a green sock on his arm. (laughs) Hey there, frog lovers. Which I think if you watched very, very, very early Muppets, he was indeed a green sock. Yes, more or less. (laughs) Hi-ho, it's Kermit the Frog here. Yes, Frozzy Bear is a ground jumper with a hat on. (laughs) <laughs> and again, Graham imitates them all incredibly very, very well. well. Yeah. Incredibly well. Uh, Miss Piggy is a pair of wife runs with a mop. <laughs> um, I think he does Waldorf and Stan. I think they're two sponges or something. Yes. Yeah. Woo, woo, the bear's a comedian. Woo, the comedian's a bear. Woo, woo. <laughs> Halfway up the stairs. So, yeah, the highlight of that joke is Graham doing his Rob on the Frog singing halfway down the stairs, which actually made number seven in the UK in 1977, so (laughs) it was in the zeitgeist that year. I do like Graham's look at Glee goes, I've done it, I've done it, I can die a contented man. (laughs) He just runs out with the oven and throws it at him. He goes, you ruined the cake! You shouldn't have done that! That's right! And the wonderful part about that there is you can tell, obviously, they were trying to film this as close to live as possible because there's a couple of seconds of Graham desperately looking around to see where the cake prop has gone because you can see the prop is actually on the oven yes. as Tim brings it out. And so when he throws it, it sort of goes somewhere he wasn't expecting. So there is a moment of him searching for this prop so he can do the joke. But, yeah, wonderful, wonderful sequence. Uh, we then cross to coverage of Revelers in Trafalgar Square, yes. celebrating the end of the world. And Harrods closing down sale. Yes. <laughs> Queen has left Sandringham in a rocket. <laughs> to points unknown, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there's only six minutes left and Graham wants to join the revellers in Trafalgar Square, so he orders a cab, which will be there in about ten minutes. <laughs> now, of course, we get the big reveal of the episode where Bill comes back. Yes. The audience reaction is in some ways bizarre in some ways wonderful because all you can hear, and you can hear it if you listen to the soundtrack, it's just this <gasps> massive inhalation of breath as Bill comes yeah. out choking. Yeah, because yeah, apparently they thought the audience would just go nuts and absolutely just fall about laughing. And there's just this sort of stunned silence. Yeah. And apparently it put them off as well, because they, Graham and, and Tim, hadn't seen Bill without a mow or a beard for 10 or 15 years. So when he came out, it was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you only had the moustache in those early years of the goodness, yeah. so... But completely clean shaven. Completely clean shaven. Goes. I want him to see all the real me. Mm. You vicious swine. <laughs> well, of course, there are some shots from the very early days. I'm sorry, I read that again. Where Bill is clean shaven, yes. but a lot younger and doesn't look anything like he looks now that he's a little bit older and clean shaven. But yeah, very impressive gag. And the fact yeah. that Bill was willing to do it is yeah. pretty impressive as well. Yes, yeah, apparently freaked his family out too when he went home. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> but Bill isn't just clean shaven. He's also a closet Kojak. (laughs) 
with his Peruvian gerbil, which of course comes to life when Graham gets it in his house. <laughs> Tim is free from his inhibition, so comes out wearing a t-shirt that is clearly meant to show his belly button, but isn't quite cut right and requires him to hold it tight. Yes, the new plain speaking Tim. Speak as I find. I'm plain speaking, I speak as, as, as I, I find. find. Yeah. <laughs> you horrible dweary little wart. <laughs> But they have to be interrupted because it is 11.56, so it is time for Christmas. It's Christmas! And that's again another wonderful little sequence. They sing all the Christmas carols at once, clearly pre-recorded and they're miming at that point. If it is actually even them singing, which I suspect it might not be. They then have the presents, they pluck the turkey. (laughs) The micro turkey. (laughs) (laughs) You can actually see by the end of that sequence, they're clearly just throwing the feathers around. Yeah, they clearly are just trying to... Keep the prop going, going, yeah. yeah. Until the end of the carols. Yes. Yes. There are only two presents between the three of them. Yes. Graham Tim, Graham Bill. Tim to Bill. Bill to Graham. Yes. At this point, it doesn't quite go for Black Antigo's fourth final episode. But you do, I think, feel a definite change in atmosphere as you get to that last couple of minutes. And it sort of dawns on the characters and I think the audience that this is the end of the world. Yes, and then they're desperately trying to find something nice to say about each other. Of course, I can't say anything nice about you. But But they've taken their time and there's 10 seconds left. They count down, they hide under the desk, and then nothing. Until Graham starts laughing. Yes, (laughs) and everyone assumes, oh, Graham's played a little trick on us. What have you done? I put the clock forward. Only about 30 seconds. (laughs) Bang. (laughs) I'm just struggling to work out when Graham... Put the clock forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that whole time during a Bill and Tim segment where Bill's being Tim's mother. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Yes. I've just made that up. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> a really good ending, do we think? Yes. Yes, I think so. Oh. I, I think actually the audience, both at home and in the studio, is starting to think, okay, maybe this was a trick or there is a twist or something like that. And they kind of, you can almost feel the relief in the studio one's like, oh, okay. And then he gets the, I only put the clock forward 30 seconds. Yeah. And it ends with the BBC ident of the world blowing up. And again, I reference Blackadder goes forth their final episode goodbye. They do the same thing there where they don't do the closing credits. They just basically fade to black and put the copyright logo on the one. Mm. So yeah, very effective. And another season where they end with they're all dying. Yes. And it has more impact, I think, than say something like Ecky Funk where they go over the cliff in the yes. seat trolley. Because mm. that's more cartoonish. This is, I think, a bit more heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really, really good. I certainly found watching this that there are a lot of sequences that I didn't remember, and I suspect that's because none of them were cut, particularly all the stuff about Bill's womanising. Richard, do you want to take us through what I believe were some extensive cuts? There were some quite extensive cuts here. It's another about two minutes worth here. A couple of short lines. There's Bill turned Gromey's a pedantic, smug little git right at the start. There's a large sequence about Bill and Jane Fonda and the other women. In fact, pretty much all the references to Jane Fonda, I think, were removed here. I'm pretty sure they were, because I remember Earth and Asia being something I watched very regularly right through my mm. teenage years, even my uni years, and I don't remember any of those lines. There's also the line about Doris Newbold that was also cut. Australia still has a problem with I'm Knackered, because that was cut when Tim first comes in. The biggest cut in it's pretty much the whole scene of Tim's confession was edited out here. That's about a minute and a half. And then there's a final cut right near the end where plain speaking Tim knees Bill in the groin. Yes. Yeah, and then starts abusing Graham. Any final thoughts about this episode or can we just all agree that it's a wonderful... I think this is an absolute classic. It is. 
you, Richard, when we did the end many, many weeks ago, you were sort of saying that that was good, but euthanasia is great. I think where the end is a series of skits, this is, again, more cohesive. I was just thinking about this yesterday or the day before and I watched it. This is really, really dark. I mean, um, the whole idea of the world governments coming together and blowing the world up because it wasn't worth saving is ludicrous. But, I mean, you know, it was 1977. You know, economically, Britain was stuffed. The Soviets were on the march. It looked really bleak, I suppose. And to do something like this in a comedic vein was, was pretty brave, actually, as well. Mm. It is. And I think they do take, not seriously, but with a bit of genuine thought, that idea of if you're told you have 28 minutes left to live... What, what would what you do? What would you do, yes. And the final thing that I'll make a point of is that it resonates really well, I think, for Goody's fans, because the three of them are just the goodies all the way through it. You don't get them playing another character or them in a costume or some of the more outlandish stuff or out of character stuff we've seen. It is just the three goodies, very true to their characters, for a solid half an hour. Mm-hmm. And so we really do get the best of them. And that's why I think, as I say, it may not be everybody's favourite, but I think objectively it's hard to go past this as the best episode. We'll move on to our regular segments, firsts and tropes. Well, Graham obviously mentions some callbacks, including the Eddie Waring impression. Yes, we have uh, Doris Newbold reference yes. from uh, Scotty Safari. Uh, Tim gets to do his I'm a teapot. <laughs> Any others? That's all I've got. I mean, I suppose you've got to mention the royal family, but... Yeah, I guess. What couldn't they get away with today? I'm actually pretty happy with all of this one. We said that there was two minutes of cuts here, but I, I don't know that there's really anything in this you couldn't do now. But, Maybe some of Bill's womanising, perhaps, but... Well, I thought about that, and again, I think if you're going to do something about... How would someone spend their last 28 minutes? Pleasures of the flesh is going to be in the equation somewhere for some people. I think it's, if they didn't touch it, it would actually feel odd. Yeah, I agree. Mm. So are we happy that this is one you could do completely today? I think so. Yep. Fantastic. We'll move on to our favourite gags. Richard. I'm tempted to say the whole thing because there's a lot of really funny one-liners and jokes all the way through this. I very nearly went for Graham's Muppet routine because I think that's brilliant and it's a great Graham moment. But I'm actually going to go for the final end because I do remember watching this for the first time and I was expecting probably a twist and there just isn't one. It just fade to black, basically. I I think that's a great ending. It does leave you sitting there. I am going to pick the Muppet routine. In in particularly the pathway of the step. It is just brilliant. Rob. I watched this a few months ago. And when the Muppet sequence came up, it brought back a lot of good memories for me, and especially Graham with, with his impersonations, but especially Tim running in, screaming and throwing the, the, the oven or the stove at Graham. And I remember taking a, a screenshot and sending it around to you guys. Yeah, it made a big impression on me. It, it's actually worth mentioning that when I was preparing for this episode, I don't know if you guys had the same problem, I'd actually just end up watching 10 or 15 minutes of it and realising I'd taken no notes and having to go back. It took me a couple of hours to do my notes for this because I just got so engrossed in the whole episode. Tom, what was your favourite gag of your second favourite episode? I've got two and mention both of them. It is the Muppets and it is just that final bit. I put the clock forward and that was it. So, yeah, that, those were the two highlights of the episode. Yeah, but a lot of really good stuff. Richard, you had a couple of other points you wanted to make before we go out. Just the one note I had was around how this was screened. Because of the forced rescheduling of Royal Command, that was screened in what would have been Earth and Asia's original slot. Now, because of the content of Earth and Asia, the BBC thankfully agreed that this had to be screened last in the season, but they then had to frantically find another slot for it. And this, if you look at the dates, this actually went out about two and a half weeks after the regular run of the series had finished and it was on a Thursday night, only about two or three days before Christmas. So it does make for a very good Christmas special, Mm. if a little depressing. 
I think it's fair to say we've all had a lot of fun with Earth and Asia, and we've been enjoying Series 7. Not very much. I think this is another great season. That said, though, Series 8 is probably my favourite of all the series, and that's coming up with our next episode, which is, of course, goodies and politics. So, on your way to the voting booth, you might take a walk through the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum.